Are you ready for this? Am I ready? I was. I. I'm. No, I'm not ready. Really. <laughs> um. I should say no. I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. I was not ready for this movie. I am ready <laughs> for this. I don't think there's um, any way you could really be ready for this movie. I was avoiding I this movie, as you can tell. I, I, I I'm sure delayed it until the absolute last moment. Um, yeah. Jacob's I was, fucking ladder. Jacob's ladder. I when I I watched this and I, I remember I sent you a text right after I watched it that I just I had just rewatched it and I. I predicted that you were going to fucking hate me, as was my prediction for making I got a lot this. to say about this movie. I, I got a lot yeah, to I'd say, say it, about this movie. I feel like regardless of, of anything, the one thing I know for sure is there is a lot to say about this movie. I will like I think by any by any measure, this is yes. a movie worthy of analysis and discussion. And Matt, so, I gotta tell you, I, I applaud your choice because this could have been just a a straight horror, like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you and wa- leave you walking away with no thoughts, nothing no. whatsoever. And I, I got to say, I, I, as much as I hated watching it, it's another one that I think is a really good movie. I just, I think it's, um, I, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I want to get into it. Um, I want to start by just saying it's a great fucking cast. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people in it that, uh, obviously, I don't think we're big at the time. No, um, yeah, lots of uh, surprising uh, supporting players. In this yes, for sure. which um, I was, I was very happy to see. I was Ving Rhames, a, a young Ving Rhames. Um, that's right. Uh, Jason Alexander's in Jason it. Jason Alexander, uh, yes, pre-Seinfeld. Yeah, pre-Seinfeld. Uh, you know, I this is in his uh, Pretty Woman phase, where right, he's right. This, <laughs> the, the not funny Jason Alexander, yeah. the kind of. Right. A little bit uh, unpalatable, Jason Alexander. Yeah. I would call him. <laughs> he's still he's still searching for for George Costanza. Yeah. He's, he's yet not to, Costanza yet, he's yet, yet to discover. No, this is pre this is a pre George Costanza, Jason Alexander. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. So, boy, oh boy, where do we where do we begin? This so Jacob's Ladder. This is a movie that um, I I I wanted to do after Sixth Sense because I felt like there was a a similar a similar theme which is mainly in the sort of the the quote unquote twist ending um because right. first okay well first of all what i want to say is unlike sixth sense this is a movie that if anyone listening does want to watch this movie i, I really highly recommend you do watch it so i don't cuz there's going to obviously going to be spoilers so i just i want to actually take a moment to say I highly recommend you watch this. If you are interested in watching it, turn it off, turn this off, and go watch it, and then listen to this. But because we're going to spoil a lot, so yeah, and, and make, unlike give the Sixth, audience that opportunity, exactly. And unlike Sixth Sense, uh, I don't think this is a movie that did had the near the, uh, I guess the popularity or the or the success that the Sixth Sense is. Which no, like we could talk about the Sixth Sense and everyone. Well, yeah. and I'm, I want to talk to you about that. What kind of success it had because. The Sixth Sense, obviously, we could talk about it, and the spoiler was kind of everyone knew what it was. Even if you hadn't seen it, there's like pulp culture. You just kind of know yeah. that he's dead in that movie. Um, the spoiler kind of movie, defined the movie. Correct. And so this movie, uh, on the other hand, I think you're right to kind of tell people, hey, spoiler, because uh, there's probably quite yeah. a few people who haven't seen it. Heck, the people yeah. around me 
uh, when I said I was we were doing this movie, all looked at me like they knew of it, but they hadn't seen it. So yeah, no, this is a. Uh, I think it is not a widely known, although I do think it has been pretty influential, certainly in the horror genre. I think this movie has been very influential. So anyway, I guess we should probably explain what the movie is. We haven't even d- touched on anything about the movie. Well, but before yeah, but before we do, I just want to say I'm going to I'm going to hand this over to you to explain okay. because I tried to explain to my wife and sister-in-law about this and uh-huh. I come to find out that trying to talk about this in a logical time sequence way that you're mm. explaining does not Can't work. Do so Can't I'm handing <laughs> this over to you. Good fucking luck explaining <laughs> this movie. Go for it, please. Okay. Well, th- that's the thing is in order to really, there's really no way to ad- a- adequately describe this movie. Because what I'm, I'm going to do, I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis, but, but no, this does not, this does not touch the experience of watching this film. So anyway, the basic premise of this movie, Jacob's Ladder, released in 1990, directed by Adrian Lyne, uh, coming off uh, Fatal Attraction was his previous, was a big hit, so this was like his follow-up to that, eagerly awaited follow-up, and it's a very different film, um, yes. and the movie, <laughs> very different, um, uh, and the movie uh, stars Tim Robbins, the great Tim Robbins, as Jacob Singer, who is a... Uh, Jake, Jacob's he, he's having a rough time. Uh, I think that's that's kind of the easiest. That should have been the tagline of the movie. Jacob's having a rough time. Um, Jacob's having Jacob a rough Singer, time. Jacob Singer is a Vietnam veteran living in uh, what appears to be New York City, and Jacob is kind of struggling uh, with some some post traumatic stress. Uh, the years after the war, I should al- I should also say it, this is what it appears what it what it appears to be happening is that Jacob is suffering from some PTSD and personal demons. He had a young son who died, and he's he's having a lot of these bizarre sort of flashbacks to the war and trauma and his past trauma, and also suffering these very disturbing like hallucinations and seeing these kind of demonic figures. Um, in, in very strange places and he be- his life kind of begins to unravel and that is the that is really the only way i can describe what happens it's because well, that's the limit yeah that is that is as far as i can go with a traditional typical synopsis yes that's that's as, that's it that's as, that's all i can really begin this to describe this movie um okay. because this is one of those films that this is, there's a lot to say about this movie. So I saw this movie when I was about 13, and I did, and I Jesus, I did feel kind Matt, of bad. you saw this at 13. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I saw this when in our the first house we lived in in Clearwater, Sandstone Holy Place, in that house. Shit. That's how far back. Yes. Well, and that's why I felt kind of bad because I kind of had a feeling you'd never seen this, but I had seen this, and it is appropriate to the podcast. But I, but this is also one that I felt like was more just for me. So I feel kind of. You know, so uh, but anyway, so it had a very strong impression on me at thirteen. Yeah, fucking teen, absolutely. Yes, and it continues to have. I watch this movie at least once a year, and it has a a uh, listen. Considering the state of mind I've been lately, this was like a a a fun romp for me. So okay, um, so but this this is a movie that I I think. 
I think this film is a masterpiece. I really think... I think this is one of the best directed films I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and one of the most effective films if you, in terms of intention of the filmmaker and what they are trying to achieve, it is, it is achieved on to a degree that is like almost too much. It's almost overwhelm. It's almost overwhelmingly well-made, like to the point where it's, it's hard to handle. It's hard to take Mm. because, because the director's vision for this movie was so strong and he achieved it so, so brilliantly that it's, it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. This movie. Um, so I guess what what I guess we should just I'll just go out and say what the movie is really about. I told you what the movie appears to be about. Now I'll tell you what the movie is actually about, which you gradually learn by the end of the film, by the very end of the film, really. Um, basically, Jacob Singer was a soldier in Vietnam, and that much is true. And he was in a horrible battle which opens the movie, which is actually, if you look at the film, the the only moments of truly objective reality we get in this movie are the very beginning and the very end, that the bookend the movie. There's the and, and a couple brief little moments in between. Those are the only moments of true objective reality. Everything else is completely subjective. This is this is a movie that is told from a completely subjective point of view, where the filmmaker is putting you inside the psyche of the main character. So he's he's actually he's he's making you experience what he is experiencing. Um and it's not it's not told in a traditional way. It's not a traditional narrative at all. This is a total break from from every kind of conventional storytelling device there is. Um yeah, no the, <laughs> it, it, yeah, the 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 break part is and yeah. again that's what I struggled with is because yeah. there is no uh, th- there's no timeline with it because as you said the the f- beginning of the movie and the end of the movie are are reality right one is one is yeah. you know well I'm not I'm not I'm not going to get into it. you're going to get to what yeah. the end was but the beginning is right. is is uh, Vietnam and the rest right. is is uh, some form of honestly it is the best depiction of like dreaming of like the feeling of what a dream is which is this like complete everything seems real in the most bizarre way to these like staccato like snaps back to a normal reality that almost feels like you're like oh well yeah this was it the whole time and then and then you're back in another timeline and that timeline also feels like it could be the reality and in in the way in the same way you like at least i have had dreams where it's like you you just kind of bounce around and everything is very yes it's very it's like ping-ponging back and forth between yes and you don't and the time is but each moment each scene in a different time feels like it could have been the reality the 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 almost like inception in the in the same yeah. way that in inception you don't know the level at which you are at yeah and each one feels real right i mean so yeah anyways it's t- yeah. yeah continue sorry yeah no this movie does i i love movies like this i love movies that play with the subjective nature of reality and that 
I mean, if you really dig into it, and I, without getting too philosophical or whatever, like, I mean, reality is totally subjective, and like, it's especially these days. I mean, who fucking knows what reality is anymore? Honestly, like at this point, there is no objective reality um, that I can. Yeah, it's whatever's happening in your head is the reality. So anyway, um, basically, Jacob is in this horrific battle at the beginning of the film, and there seems to be. His his fellow soldiers seem to be having some adverse effects to the food they've eaten and start kind of freaking out almost like they're on some really bad drug trip. Some one, you know, Ving Rhames character starts having a seizure and it just it just becomes it's absolute chaos. Like it's a really effective and and like intense scene that opens yeah. this movie and it just gets more intense. But um but basically what happens is Jacob kind of escapes the firefight into the jungle and he is then stabbed by by somebody in the jungle with a in, with a bayonet and the rest of the movie is essentially a sort of fever dream that Jacob is having as he's dying that's what's happening it's literally a movie about a guy who is killed and he's dying and the movie is trying to do nothing less than make you feel what he is feeling as he is going through the process of dying. Um, and the film ends with him hopefully, you know, finding some kind of peace and acceptance. But in between there, the movie takes you through like every stage of the process of him trying to figure out what's happening. And it is, it's one of those movies that is so thematically rich that it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Because yes. ultimately, the, you could look at this movie and realize, because like literally, the, first, the, the two bookending scenes are the only objective real, scenes of reality we have. We can interpret this in any way we want, really. Yep. Um, because what happens within his, this, this uh, dream state that he's in, this kind of, you know, whatever it is, um, metaphysical state of mind that's happening as he's, as he's dying, is he is experiencing... It, it, it's like they say, you know, your life flashes before your eyes when you when you die, that sort of cliche. Well, what I love about this movie is that it kind of acknowledges the complexity of, of a human being and a human life, that it's not just all like the happy things. It's not all the bad things. It's everything. It's 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 just right. And it doesn't and there, it doesn't make sense. It's going to be like there. So there's no real there's there's just enough of a uh, they put you in just enough of a logical narrative place where like we meet him living with this this woman played by elizabeth pena who plays jezebel or jesse his girlfriend and he works at the post office and he's he's apparently you know a, a vietnam veteran and kind of just suffering from from uh some post-traumatic stress he goes to see a chiropractor played by danny aiello who's kind of like this angelic figure in the movie um so they give you just enough of a, of a narrative to hang on to but everything that happens to him within that is just chaos and yeah i just i don't know i this i just think this movie is so fucking amazing it's oh, Matt, absolutely disturb it's it's disturbing beyond all measure in some places it's some of the most yes. disturbing imagery i've ever seen in a film in my life honestly but um yeah i got that but i i i didn't i didn't the, the imagery and maybe again I was primed for this you have to understand like you know you 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 set it up as being terrifying so I was walking in expecting to see a lot of well well and can I really say, shady so just, shit and I'm also surprised I'm sorry I don't want to interrupt you but but I'm surprised that you had this response because not only because I thought this movie is like 
is going to piss you off in all the ways that, no. that you could be pissed off. In that it's disturbing, it's, it's scary, the narrative just bounces around and doesn't, there's no logic yeah. to it. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, Jeff is going to fucking hate this. He's oh, no, it's, yes, this. yes. But here's the redeeming thing, and I'm going to get to it because you're nailing on it. And the, but th- yes, all of those things generally annoy me. I, I'm not a fan of them. But what this movie does, which is which is it's it's in my view and for me was the main redeeming uh, quality that it is so well done that all of that makes sense. And I'm going to get to this. It resolves so well. It the 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 fi- spoiler alert. We're past this, but the the the, the final scene where his son. Played by Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, um, yes, the, pre, the same year. This is nineteen ninety, same year. Home Alone. So it's like right before Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin, okay. which is kind of a, a surprising little uh, cameo there. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin, and he walks up the steps into the blinding light, and presumably, you know, uh, goes to heaven or goes to peace or whatever. They don't really tell you where he goes. It's just that he's he he goes. He he's at peace. Passes on. Yeah. He's at peace. That. Coupled with, like I said, it's it it's shot almost like a fever dream that makes all of those decisions purposeful and correct, and they make sense, and that is why you do it that way. That is a design, and it it works. Okay, unlike yeah. in like Pulp Fiction, which is an, a movie in which so it is you see different timeline pieces at different periods there's no reason to do that in pulp fiction in my view other than to to tell the story in a different way and hide certain things to make them uh to make the plot more it's a different way to tell a story and put suspense in by not showing you showing you things out of chronological order in a way that would make it interesting so so, but in this the way it's shot isn't just a device by the director to make it interesting. It is purposefully like you are watching it chronologically in the in yes. him as he's dying. This is what he's experiencing in that order. It's just completely exactly. it's his life both assuming like his future non-reality, like his made up reality, which is him mm-hmm. staying with uh, Elizabeth Pena. And and uh, or whatever her name is, Pena, um, yeah, that's, Jezebel. Yeah, that's correct. Is that right? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, staying with her, and the past stuff before he goes to the war, which is actual his past, his real past with his wife and kids, and then the flashbacks to him at in Vietnam. But the way it is, you're viewing it is the way he experiences it as he dies and has all of these thoughts, right? And so. Um, when you realize that and it resolves so peacefully, that's the thing that I loved about it was for a movie. And I've never seen that in a horror movie. Um, and I don't know that you would call this horror. I mean, there's some horrific things in it, but it's like, it's psychological horror. I would say it's not like not horror in like the boogeyman's like slasher sense. It's a psychological horror film, but I feel like the way it resolves in such a positive and uplifting manner, like for all of the shit that you watch, for it to resolve so peacefully in right. that way, well, that yeah. juxtaposition, I 
I loved. I was like, okay, there was a reason, there was a purpose for me watching all of that yeah. bullshit. I got to a very positive place, and it, so it made it worth it to go through it. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of slasher movies and all this shit, which is why I hate it, is I watch all that shit, and at the end of it, I'm feeling very hollow and just like, <laughs> what was the point of watching that at all? This movie ended so positively that I was just like, you know what? I was okay with watching all the shit that I had to watch yeah. to get to this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's something I've noticed is, is like, speaking of the the twist, and when I, call, when I say that, I am use, I'm using quotes because... What I realized with this movie is, unlike, say, The Sixth Sense, this is a movie that actually gets better every time you watch it. And that's honestly, that's why I watch it once a year. One, because I'm, I, don't, I just love the filmmaking and I just, I just think it's brilliantly made. Um, but also because, honestly, every time I watch it, it actually becomes more and more of an emotional experience because you know what it's, what's happening. And it actually is one of the few movies where knowing the underlying reality actually makes it a better experience than the whole right. mystery of not knowing. And But the thing that I love about it is like, and you were kind of touching on this, that the movie is not constructed, it doesn't rely on its twist. You know, it, that's right. not what it's, it, it is, it is as a whole, it is so cohesively uh, designed and conceptualized. And it's, and it's so clear what the intention is that from beginning to end, like, like this filmmaker knows exactly what he's doing and exactly the experience. It's really more of an, it's experiential, this movie. It's not really meant to, it's not, it doesn't tell a story. And like I said, in a traditional way, right. it's meant to be an experience. And, but it's, it's, and it's so interesting because when you, once you know the truth, you kind of realize that all the horror and the, and the, the, that happens in the movie is really Jacob's, it comes from Jacob's inability to let go of his life. Like that's why right. that is where all these demons are coming from. Cause of course and all the, the demons are him. And yeah, exactly. And I love that. And I love the way, cause you know, we meet Jacob with this woman who, and this is all kind of just stuff we can kind of guess because none of this is clearly stated. And, but, but Elizabeth Pena who plays Jesse, who's his girlfriend, I think, you know, it's somebody that he worked with, at some point in his life at the post office who he imagines himself now living with because to imagine his wife and family is too painful for him as right. he's dying. So he imagines this woman. And, and I also think I like in the, the writer, Bruce Joel Rubin, who, by the way, Bruce Joel Rubin, who wrote this script, also wrote the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze hmm. and Demi Moore, okay. which came out this same year, actually, and he won an Academy Award for that movie. But if you ask me, he won, won the Oscar for the wrong movie. He should have won it for this, because this is so much better of a film. But um, it, he's somebody who's very interested, obviously, in the supernatural. And in he's also, he's an interesting guy. Like, he's into, like, meditation and stuff and philosophical, like, he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. But he talks about this movie and, and that he believes, like, when you're dying... You know the, the 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 need to hold on to to your earthly existence is so strong. There's a really strong pull to like sensuality and sexuality. So like the idea that Elizabeth Pena is this very kind of sexy like earthy woman mm -hmm. that he imagines she is like a she is like uh, she's trying to keep him grounded. Basically, she's trying right. to keep him from accepting his his death basically and so she kind of becomes this almost like she's a really interesting she's wonderful in the movie and it's a really complex character because she has to be so many yeah. different 
like facets like she's she's a lover and she's the wife and she's the girlfriend she's the mother she's the she's kind of she's kind of crazy and and at times and like and almost evil and sinister at times and it's like because i think she is what is keeping him tethered to his life um and and that but that is where all of the the nightmare kind of uh and hallucinations and demons come from it's because he can't he can't let go and he and and he's trying to his rational mind is trying to make sense of what's happening to him we also have this added wrinkle of this these psychedelic drugs being tested on soldiers in vietnam which so at the beginning of the film when the battle begins like i said some of his platoon members start to kind of freak out and appear to be under the influence of something we don't know what's happening it's very chaotic um and then Throughout the movie, in Jacob's kind of you know fever dream state, he imagines um, him and his fellow soldiers discovering that they were actually they had these psychedelic drugs tested on them. So that's that is that's what he kind of creates, I think, in his mind to explain what happens. Because of course, at the end of the movie, it's revealed that he is killed by one of his own men, like somebody from his own right. platoon, an American, a fellow American soldier. And I think that. Honestly, I don't know because they do provide at the end of the movie they provide a little right at the very end they provide this legend that says like you know the government it was rumored that the U.S. government tested these psychedelic drugs right. on soldiers during Vietnam to kind of give some historical right. reference and I almost don't even know if that's necessary I I juggle that sometimes because I don't think it's necessary in this movie yeah I mean I think it's I fine think, for context but I don't think they yeah needed it, it does it does give it a context. Maybe it was, it was just to give people like something to, to grasp, <laughs> but I don't really, I don't personally really need it. Uh, because I think what, what, what I interpreted is like, it could have just been a, a firefight and he gets accidentally killed by one of his own men. Like it, cause in the, during the chaos and his, his coming up with this, uh, this conspiracy, this like psychedelic drug conspiracy was his way to rationalize why the fuck did one of my own guys right. kill me? Why did that happen? So he's trying right. to fi- make trying to make sense of it. And that's what he kind of comes up with to to make to make sense of it, basically. So I think you could argue that but again, multiple interpretations. There are so many different yeah. ways you can take this. I think you're right on that. I think um the other thing that I really liked about this was um and I'm not a religious person, but I liked the religious uh, aspects of it, and I like the fact that they lean into. I mean, hell, Jacob's ladder. The the phrase Jacob's ladder comes from uh, early Christianity, or or maybe even Judaism. It may be older than Christianity, but um, I think it is older than this Old Testament. It's like Jew, uh, Jewish uh, Jacob, the ladder into heaven, basically. And and um, you know, it. But the funny thing is, is that it, that's from the little bit that I looked up on that. It that's more positive there's not a lot of hell involved in that particular thing it's just a name or a, a, a title i it felt more like dante's inferno like descending yeah. into the seven levels of hell type of type of thing some of these scenes uh, are yeah. so kind of just but whoa. again yeah but again that's that's given a context because jacob is a philosophy major and he and he right. obviously is fascinated by religion and, and you know and theology and he's like so 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 there's a reason why these things would work its way into his fever dream. All exactly. of these things are given a logical explanation, which is also what's so great is like they they, ex- they explain everything. It's just kind of all jumbled around in the way it naturally would be in somebody in this kind of state. 
And I actually, when the original script, actually, a lot of the the hallucinations and visions and demons and stuff were more traditional like from the Bible or, you know, from historical oh, really? kind of texts. Yeah, but it was Adrian Lyons' idea to change it, to make it a more, to make it almost come more organically out of the environment that he's living in. Like there's like that, like that scene where the, with the nurse who bends over and you see she has horns in her head. Like, yes, yes. Like things like, like where it's a little more subtle and it makes it so much more disturbing, I think. And it, and it really, I, so I, I, I think that was a good choice. And, and I mean, the imagery in this movie is so, it's so inspired and d- d- terrifying and, or, and original. Like, I think this movie actually had a big impact on the horror genre. Like, not just in terms of, like, the ending, which I think actually, this is, because this is, you know, almost 10 years before Sixth Sense. So this is like, I think right. that, that, I think the ending of this movie had a big impact on a lot of people in term, in the horror genre. And I think anyone making a movie with that kind of a twist, I mean, they were, they were following in this movie's footsteps in a way, even though this was kind of inspired by this French short film, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. But um, it's a masterpiece of subjective filmmaking in the sense that every choice he makes is so clearly meant to be from his point of view to the point where like there's, and there's so many choices he makes in the movie that are so um, counterintuitive to how most horror films are directed. Like so many, the most disturbing moments in this movie, you don't see any of them coming. And and, and what's one no, of the yeah. other things I love about it is because everybody, like we all communally, there's a communal language of cinema when we watch horror movies, even if you're not sophisticated, quote unquote, that you can like pick me. up on. Because, well, well, you know, just anybody, the average moviegoer, we we we've watched so many movies that through editing and through like these these uh we there are these certain markers to make us know like oh something's about to happen and that's yeah. you know that can be part of the fun of them it doesn't necessarily you know we can enjoy that as well but i personally prefer movies that fuck with that and and do something unexpected and this movie really fucks with you like it is everything that yeah. happens you don't see any of it coming and like there's there's a couple moments in this movie that i find really fascinating but when i look at them i realize they they're really in line with his adrian Lyons' subjective kind of point of view in this movie and like the like the scene that i always really like that is the scene when jacob's uh be in the alleys being chased by that car yeah and he's running like serpentine to get away from this car and then he jumps into this alley and it drives by and you see these like demonic faces in the window and then right. he watches the car drive away and you see this demonic face like shaking in the back seat right and there's a cut to inside the car with the shaking face in the foreground as if you're seeing it from whatever this demonic figures, you're seeing it from their point of view looking at Jacob. And I remember seeing that for the first time and it really shocked me because that kind of breaks the rules of like, what the, what, why are we suddenly in this car seeing it from this thing? We don't even know what this thing is, but of course it makes sense because it's Jacob because it's all him. So it makes sense that it would be, you could, so like, again, there are all these really fascinating counterintuitive unexpected choices, but they all make sense, you know, like, and I think the way that, that you could, so many of the sequences can be, can be kind of interpreted as like manifestations of whether it's psychologically or, or physically what Jacob is experiencing as he's dying. Like that scene, one of the most effective scenes in the movie is the scene in the bathtub where he has this 105 yes. fever and they put him in this bathtub and fill it with ice and all of his neighbors are there holding him in this ice and he's screaming. It's a very upsetting scene. I think that scene is... You know how like when um when people say like when they're dying and they're losing blood and they say how they're cold, you know? Yeah. 
I've always interpreted that scene as that's what he's experiencing. It's it's like he's experiencing that that coldness uh, from all the blood leaving his body, and I think that right. scene is just a manifestation of the pain and that he's, he's experiencing at that moment. He's rationalizing and, yeah, and it, it, yeah, exactly, and, and the fever as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think so. I think he's it, it he's all, go, he, you would go into a fever. You you would your body would probably go into some sort of fever like response if you were fighting yeah. off an infection or something in that moment like that he's that you're not seeing but he's yeah. fighting it and he's cold and he's explaining away why why is he cold and it's because as we all have had fevers really bad fevers that that's the conundrum you're 106 and you feel cold but like right. that's what his body his mind is trying to explain away why am i so cold it i must have a fever and then this yeah. whole thing with the with the ice continues to happen. Like it's just yes, no, it's great. I and I love the fact that when you look back on it, you realize that you know from the moment he gets stabbed and we cut to him in that subway tr- car. Yep. And, and he wakes up. You know, from that point on, we're in his head. And then what we think are flashbacks. Of yes, these I love moments this. in Vietnam are moments where he is regaining consciousness. Yes, yes, That's him I coming love that. Back to reality. So I yes, love, I love, love that. that. Like. And, tr- and it makes Love it watching that. it a second time and multiple times, it makes it so much better because it's like, oh, my God. It's just like those moments right. are him actually, those are reality. And the rest of it is right. all in his head. And right. So that's just really fascinating. Um, yeah, well, it's the reverse. It's the reverse. Yeah. It's it's like you're, you're thinking that those are like LSD, like, like. Uh, flashbacks trips flashbacks like yeah. trips like you're you're flashing yeah. back and 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 breaks from reality and what it is is the reality that you think is the break and the break is the reality and it's like exactly. this weird thing that you don't realize until the end and and that's why I think I would think watching it a second time you realize that and so then you're watching it from a different perspective and yeah. it would all work totally different I I, I can see what you're saying it really is a very it's a different experience and it's a deeper and more enriching experience the more you watch it if you have the stomach for it cuz obviously it's not yeah. i'm a fucking i'm a you know i'm a masochist masochist i guess but um i think you like I, the movie i i look i like the movie i don't know if i'm going to watch just, it again but i like it, the movie yeah no i i wouldn't blame you it, like it's, it's a it's a tough watch i mean for me the scene in the movie that it's the most effective scene and it's one of when when people ask me, because because honestly, when people ask me what are your favorite horror films, this is one of the ones I think of. Even though it's not a typical horror film, there, like I said, there are, there is imagery in this movie and some scenes that I will say this is a movie. I don't care who you are, if you watch it, you won't ever forget it. I think it's it's it will be impossible for you to forget this movie, um, which is saying something. But the most for me the most uh memorable and effective and terrifying scene in this movie is the scene in the hospital when yeah. he goes in when he gets his he hurts his back by jumping out of a car and he gets picked Wait, before up we before we before we go into the, the the hospital can i just ask you a question because I, I i wanted to so the 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 car scene you brought up the car scene the initial car scene yes right yeah and then there's a second car scene and what i thought was going to happen is because it's this it's like a similar s- car that is careening back and forth between cars, and I thought we were gonna see it, like it was gonna. He was in the car that almost ran him down, right? Earlier well, in the movie, he, like I think, I, well, I think that's the same car. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, and yeah. Also, 
And also, I think, because you're right, the car is constantly just careening and going cr- like crazy all In the, the same time. way th- that it was following him. Also, I think that is him being transported, his body being transported, whether it's on a stretcher or in a helicopter. He's, his body's being uh, thrown around like yeah. crazy. And I think that's, again, yeah. I think that is a manifestation of his physical uh body what his body is experiencing so all uh, these things it's so it's so see you see the layers there's so many ways you can explain it's amazing all right but, sorry um, but you were into the hospital yes. the, yeah okay so they take him into the hospital this, in quotes yeah. right yeah. yeah so they take him into the hospital and everything is appears normal at first they're trying to help him you know figure out what's wrong with him he hurt his back um and then they say, okay, uh, we need to take you. He like passes out from the pain. They say, okay, we need to take him down to X-ray. Go ahead and take him but down to X-ray. But you get this. But you get these glimpses. I, I don't know about you, but I initially was looking at it, going, "This doesn't look like a hospital." Like I was like, "Yeah, they look like hospital people." But it does. Even at the beginning, I was like, "This doesn't look yeah. like a really nice hospital." I'm like, "This They're looks a little, a little shady." Yeah, it's a little rundown. They're a little, and gradually, basically, these two orderlies take Jacob on a stretcher. And they take him through increasingly, increasingly run down where you quickly realize, oh, this is not a hospital. I don't know where the fuck they're going, but they're not going to a hospital. And it basically becomes a descent into hell. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Yes. It is one of the most it is one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, and they take him through. You know, and I love the way the orderlies are moving, where they're just very, very like purposefully not. They don't look like sinister; they just like normal orderlies, but they're moving very quickly and very like it's really freaky. And they take him into this. What they end, they take him through like this like sanitarium thing where there's just all this insanity happening. There and the best part, one of the things I love about this scene, is one of the best choices Adrian Lyne made in the whole movie, is the shot of the wheel of the gurney that is kind of turning and it's because he made them raise the wheel just a little right. bit so that it wouldn't so touch it would. the ground. So it's spinning. I swear to fucking God, every time I go to the grocery store and <laughs> I have a cart that has a spinning wheel, Jacob's ladder every single time. I'm not kidding. Like just uh, the other day I was at the store. I was doing it. I thought of Jacob's ladder, but it's, Oh my God, it is so unnerving and terrifying. And they take him through this room where there's all these like severed limbs on the ground. And they finally take him into what yes. I think this, this scene for me is like, it's one of the scariest scenes I can think of. Yeah. But I love it. Is the scene in the operating theater, yeah. which is this just all black room. He's surrounded by doctors all in white and people we don't know who don't even look like physicians. They just look like people who are in medical garb standing around him. They put this weird thing on his head and I love the sound of it clicking as it comes down and the sound of these screws screwing into his head. And there's this doctor, and Jesse is there for some reason, inexplicably, which is like really, you know, shocking. And they're all just standing around looking at him. And I love the dialogue in that scene. It's so kind of simple and blunt and brutal. And like, and I, I don't know, maybe because I'm terrified of doctors and hospitals. I hate all of it. <laughs> so I, so the fact that this is happening in this setting, it makes sense to me. And it's because there's just something clinical and and very simple where the doctor is basically, he, he says, he tells him, you've died. You've been killed. Like, you're, you're, not, you're not going home. Like, this is your home now. You're dead. And he says right. it so matter-of-factly. And Jacob's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm alive. And he's, and it's... It is like it is straight out of a nightmare, but it is so. And, and yeah. what I love about it is that I think that scene it's it's the first time in the movie that he, his his brain is considering the possibility that he's dying. I think that's right. what is happening. That is the moment when he finally has this 
horrific realization that wait a second i'm dying like i I'm, I'm i've been killed that's what's happening and that's how and the fact that that's how it manifests and it, it but then and then this is what i love about it because then it it cuts right to this scene all of a sudden he's back with his wife and kids right and it and it and it's like one of the most jarring cuts i've ever seen in a movie it goes from this horrific scene to this really kind of quiet still almost like the, this incredibly like warm scene of him re- remembering him at being home in bed with his wife and then his kid he his, his Macaulay Culkin comes his son comes and wakes him up and he has to take him back to bed and it's this, this like incredible scene that and I love it too because not only does it feel really warm and such kind of like it's like such a great escape from what we just experienced because that's yeah. what he's doing he he can't like once he's confronted with that knowledge he's like I gotta go I gotta go to a good memory like give me a good memory right so he goes back to his wife and kids and I love it too because there's like the actors the actress who plays his wife is so great and and I love the way Tim Robbins is in that scene there's kind of a lightness and a sort of like it feel they feel like a real family it doesn't like it doesn't feel like a movie like like um like uh like idealized I guess it right. feels like a real family like when the kid comes in they're not like oh sweetie what's wrong they kind of like laugh and are like what are you doing up like you interrupted us we were about to have sex kind of and it's like it feels right. very real and then he takes him back to his room and there's this incredibly sweet scene of him like singing to his son which is a recurring motif in the movie this song right and and you know he, and and his other kids are there and it's just this it's just this beautiful scene but then, of course, he's back to reality, quote unquote, where he's back in this hospital bed. There's no escape. Yeah. It's like he had this brief respite, but then he's back to, you know. Right. But then you do have that moment where da- when Danny Aiello comes and rescues him from that hospital, right. that moment is such a relief. It's like, thank God someone finally is coming to help this guy. <laughs> like, it's because he comes in like, where's Jacob Singer? And he's like, right. I love that scene. It's like such a like relief when that happens. Yeah, I I, I like his character, Danny, Ari- whatever, Ariola. Um it's not Ariola. That would be awful. I Iello <laughs> is my friend. Iello. Okay. Iello. Sorry. Uh, okay. Um, yes. No. And I think his. So yes. So he comes. He breaks Jacob out of the hospital as if as if uh, you know. And 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 uh, again, it's so hard to to, to wrap your head. Just trying to explain this when I was trying to explain this part to to Lexi and Amber, I I was like. I was like, well, his chiropractor <laughs> breaks breaks him out of the hospital. They're like, well, I thought it wasn't a hospital. I thought it was this crazy place. I'm like, well, yeah, but it was, but it's not now. Like, it's now it's yeah. this. It's a normal hospital with normal like yeah, people. You can't and, explain it, right? And, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but they're like, so it's the normal. Ho- he got moved to normal hospital. Well, no, he was always in the same space, but it's just different now. But he's, yeah. but but the chiropractor is acting like it was the crazy place before the way he's responding, and th- they're not, and so <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So yeah, anyways, it's impossible to describe, right? So, but what I love about his character and this scene, he gets broken out, right, and now he's getting his back fixed by the chiropractor in a similar. You see the same sequence earlier in the movie, and. They start talking about religion. In the first scene of the movie where they meet, Jacob says to the chiropractor, Has anyone ever told you you look like an angel? And like a yeah. like a 
fat cherub, basically. Like, like an overgrown cherub, yeah. Like an overgrown cherub. And and then they start talking about, he, th- he opens, he confides, like you said, he's starting to dawn on him that he's dying. And yeah. this is the moment, this is... I don't. This is not the reveal, but the chiropractor gives this monologue uh, about yeah. how if you're fighting it, if you're fighting know, against death, go for it. Then say he it, says, and then I'll he, finish my he statement. Says, he says, um, "If you're afraid of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away." But if you're if you're at peace, then the devils are actually angels freeing you from the earth. And it's just a matter okay. of how you look at it. That's all. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So that line. And that is the line where the movie moves in from horror to this redemptive, peaceful arc of a man coming to acceptance with his own death. Yeah. And that's where I that's when I started to say this is not the average horror flick. I really like where this is going. And then a lot of things make sense. So like one of the things he says is um is that there's a lot of things about burning memories away. There's a lot of like that there's a, I think I think part of that statement was burning that he said. But anyways, mm. a lot of burn away all the memories. And it was something that came coming up. And you can see it early on when you think about it. Jez, he gets this big stack of photos. Yeah. And and it's photos of all of his life with his previous wife and his, and his kids and everything. And it makes him sad because he sees uh, Gabe, uh, who is his son who died. Um, and he gets sad. And so she, as you said, she's this grounding. So she wants to get rid of all this stuff so that he... Stays says, I right. Want, I don't. I don't like things that make you cry. She's like she wants right. to keep him from remembering that life and and kind of she wants to keep. Yeah, she wants to keep him distracted from the truth. Right. And so they don't. She just doesn't throw it away. She throws it in the incinerator. She burns right. them all. She throws them all away. Yeah, which is which then, is a shocking moment. It's like whoa. Yeah, you're like whoa. He just that. Come on, those are you don't get those anymore. Um, those aren't on. I don't have a hard drive of those. They're not in the exactly, cloud. Right. Um, right. Hey, no, there's no, hey, there's no cloud. Phone, my, Jake, Jacob has no cloud. <laughs> I lost my I lost my phone. Jez, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, he he has a hundred and six degree fever, which which yeah. we've already stated. One way to interpret it is it's a hundred and six degree fever that he's experiencing on the outside, and he's trying to rationalize it. But it's right. also a fever, literally burning away memories and sure. burning away his his. Thing. Um, yeah, and it's Dante's Inferno, all of that stuff. It all makes right. sense. Yeah, the whole right. burning and motif. Then yeah, sure. Multiple people die through burning, like memories yep. of his people Explosions. blow up. You're watching a guy burn away, like literally. Yep. So there's all of these, like, um, I and as we've said, there there are so many ways you can interpret it. You can literally pick one and go back and watch it, and you're gonna see all of these different ways in which you can look at it. I love the religious stuff on it, like the naming of people. They I mean they even let you cue you into it at the beginning yeah. when he, when he's with Jez, he's like Jezebel, she's like I don't like religion. He's like where do you think I mean, all, Jezebel all comes his, from? Right. All of his sons are G- biblical names, yeah. Gabriel, Eli. Eli. His wife's name is Sarah, which is which is a, a biblical name. You have demons. Uh is it? There's a 
There's a Michael. I don't remember which one. There's a Michael that that's in there as well. I think it's the uh, the the guy who comes and explains that there's a oh yes yes uh, the LSD. The, so the guy like, with the glasses, you, yeah. Yeah, so you've got a lot of uh, of uh, of religious, and then you've got the icon iconography that you see all throughout it. There's a lot of obviously necklaces and stuff on the walls and all that. I even read one little piece that said the scene where they lower him into the into the bath. Mm. The way they're doing it is very it's like a baptism almost. Yeah, it's a baptism, but it is also there's a visual like painting of of how Jesus was taken down off the cross and like held mm. like in two different way in like this way between two people and slumping oh, in the same way yeah. that he was like sure. so there's all of this stuff that you see throughout the whole movie that yeah, there's um, so much you can read into it yeah it's yes. it's just it's one of those movies and this is like I really I love movies like this and and I know that a lot of people hate movies like this. A lot of people this is like the exact kind of movie they hate because it's all ambiguity, nothing is explained to you, nothing is like spelled out for you and I well, love this. To me like yeah, movies but, like this are are a gift I think because they just you're able to 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 you know, do you you put you can take it from it whatever you project onto it and it just it becomes I think such a enriching experience to watch. I I, th- I agree with you, but I would say that there's a difference here because with this movie because there is no ambiguity as to what happened. You we know what happened. Wow. He was injured and he died. We we know that 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 the bookends of this particular film is this is a man who has died. Period. Okay, that is it. Now everything between, yes, is completely open to interpretation. But there is a there is a grounding structure. That is defined at the beginning and the end of this movie. That I that that does it. Movies like Mulholland Fucking Drive, or like or 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 like that movie particularly is just. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what it means. I don't I, like the, not a not a David Lynch fan. Not a David. God Lynch. no. Fuck David Lynch. Fuck him. Oh, I you know, don't say that. He's a great. I, he's wonderful. What's what's another movie David fucking Lynch did? Okay, okay, maybe you don't like his work, but he's like the loveliest guy in the world. Come on. Okay, I don't. I'm not speaking about him personally. I'm sure he's got (laughs) nieces and grandkids, and he's probably a lovely man. But 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 the profession he's chosen to adopt. Truly, truly, his movies are like everything you hate. They are. I oh yes, yes. I'm aware of who David Lynch is, and I fucking hate him. As a as a filmmaker, not as a human being, I'm sure he's lovely. But um, but no, I'd love I, to have a coffee di- with him. This is this is different. This is definitely there is there is a very clear intention driving this. Yeah. there is a framework to like. Yeah, it's no, I for sure. This is not. This isn't like one of those just kind of you know stream of consciousness kind of. In right. this case, the stream of consciousness of it makes sense. Like, and they they yes. go to great pains to make it make sense. So yeah. And I and so I'm I, I'm all in on this movie. I I really really like this movie. Um, I'm so glad. But but partly because again partly because there is grounding in it. Like I feel like I'm I'm I just realized I'm looking at myself in this in this thing and I feel like if I shake really fast I'm gonna look like that guy. Look one of the Jacob's Ladder people. Yeah yes. yeah yeah. yeah. Shaking so heads. um yeah so um. <laughs> Uh, sorry, totally sidetracked myself. You just became a demon for a second. That's okay. Yeah, I did. Um, but it's grounded. It's grounded. Um, it's grounded in something. So I'm like, okay. And again, like I said, there is no bad guy. 
that's what I. Right. That's another part of this that I love is that there is no like there are demons, but they're personal demons. They're projections that aren't yeah. that aren't real in yeah. in in any like sense. The it's struggle, not like a slasher. No, the the struggle of the movie is an internal struggle, and it's a struggle for a guy trying to to make sense of what's happening to him and to to come to terms and recon and, and reconcile that you know he's losing his life that he's leaving his life behind and and it's i mean it's it's basically about something that every single fucking one of us thinks about and worries about and frets about which is what the fuck is it going to be like when we die right and this is a movie where like the filmmakers actually like okay i'm going to i'm going to imagine what it would feel like viscerally and psychologically what it would feel like if you were going through that that experience and and obviously his circumstances are hopefully different from what most of us will experience, but still it's like I, I I admire the guts of a filmmaker to try to take something like that on. Yeah. And I I really like listen I really truly I I think this is a masterpiece I think it's I think it's it's one like I said I do think it's one of the most brilliantly directed films I've ever seen I just because for, for me a movie is I mean what determines whether a movie is successful or not is I forget somebody. I think maybe it was Francois Truffaut or some great filmmaker said that the the greatness of a movie is determined by the degree to which it represents the the vision of the filmmaker and what they intended. And and if that's the case, then I think this movie is just it's just a f- all across the board masterpiece and completely achieves what he set out to do. I think the intention is clear, and it could not be more effectively achieved than what he did in this movie. I just think it's. It's uh, like, I, and it's not for everybody, and it's it's not it's not a fun experience. This is not a pleasant experience. This movie, um, but it is, I think, especially like I said, on multiple viewings, it actually becomes a yeah. really, truly like emotional and and like, and I am listen. I'm like the least religious person in the fucking world, but I am even kind of moved and touched by the spirituality right. in this movie. Like, well, there is I, a you definite can't... spirituality to it, and yeah, and you can't help but be be affected by it because it's yeah, told it's, so well and because you it, yeah it's very effective and you want the resolution for the character and and you see how worked up he is about his son as any as anyone would be in 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 that way but yeah, that stuff is um, rough yeah but but you want that you want that yeah. for him so when he yeah. when he gets peace We've all been through it at this point. We've watched this film. We've all experienced it. Like, I, I mean, yeah. we didn't have it, but like, I felt like through it, you're like, God, I just want peace. I just want peace. And then you yeah. get peace. And that is another thing about the movie that I think does so well is that because there's no clear plot in the sense that there's no chronological like timeline that you're following, yeah. so much of this is purely about feeling about how you feel in the moment like what you're experiencing emotionally and just yeah. anxiety visceral, or fear visceral, visceral yes yeah. yeah right and that is felt not only by the character in the film but also by the audience watching it because you're just you're feeling those same emotions that they are that he is yeah. so when you get to the the redemptive moment 
you're really you are feeling that same level of redemption and and peace because it's yeah. you're like you've I'm like it's done thank you yes just yeah you've been through I'm it with ready me, to yeah. right so you're you're there and it's like yeah just it's, a, so, it's a brilliant it's so, muscle movie making yeah it's so effective in putting you inside in the skin of the character that you really you feel like you are you truly right. feel like you are experiencing what he is and I think Tim Robbins casting is really crucial here because. He has a kind of um, a kind of lightness to him, yes. Kind of almost like a boyish kind of quality. I, I was going to say childlike. That, I was going to say yes, childlike. Yeah, and, and if you didn't, this movie would be unwatchable if you didn't have that. Like if you cast somebody who was really dour and kind of like you, you need know, the innocence, brooding. You, you, it would have been unwatchable. But because he has, you, you like, you kind of already feel for him instantly, and right. It, so, so you're with him every step of the way, and you. Well, you're hold on. You know. Yes, and the whole thing, the casting, you feel it at the opening scene, because I'm like, we're in Vietnam. Tim Robbins isn't yeah. gonna be in right? Viet fucking Nam, like yeah. Tim Robbins in Vietnam. This guy's gonna he's gonna like, get he's killed gonna, immediately. <laughs> what he's gonna die immediately? What what is he doing in Vietnam? What is he doing in Vietnam? Like this doesn't work. And I was like, like this holy shit. Who's puts yeah. Tim Robbins? What army guy says, well, yeah, I put mean, that guy on the front fucking lines. He ain't gonna well, be in happens. Vietnam. I know. And so I'm like, Jesus. Um it's exactly what happened. He dies immediately. Um well, it's interesting, but, and actually, like Tom Hanks was considered initially, which yeah, well, okay, asked, that that would have worked too. Actually, now that would have worked too. That, yes, yes, that would have worked too. Although, that, although Tom they Hanks had the right, they had the right instinct for the casting. Yes, though. that was definitely yes. the right choice. Yeah, and Tom Hanks as as yes, equally as childlike, especially at that time. Um, and then, yeah. um, but you know, we see Tom Hanks in Vietnam in Forrest Gump. Uh, and and it, it it works, but I I, I want to say uh, which bringing up Vietnam. This is something that I kind of started talking with Lex, and I kind of want to throw it. It's it's off topic for this, but mm-hmm. you know, is there a heroic Viet Vietnam movie? And when I say heroic, I, I mean a positive heroism. Like I every movie about Vietnam, I feel like is just. Is so. I mean, and look, I get it. I it was that. So I don't want to say like let's make the happy version of of Vietnam. But I'm just saying that like there had to be some uplifting story that happened during that war. I mean, like you have so many like World War Two. There's shit tons of bad shit that happened in World War Two. But there are also some really heroic, positive things that True. you can make a movie about. But so, the diff. Well. Well, I would I, the difference I would make between those two is that World War II was, you know, probably the only instance of what we would consider a justifiable war, where it was the one time in history right. that there was actually a reason to go to war, and that well, well we, I, hold on, what, I, I I don't buy that, but but that, I, oh, I is, really is that a bad I, I don't wrong. It's not wrong. I it's it's an opinion, so it's not wrong. I just I I don't know that. Well, I mean, I would let's just I say agree when with compared that. when compared to Vietnam, I think. Well, yes, reasons, I'm not I, again. The reasons why we fought that war, you know, oh, I, I, it's I, a little. I, time out. Time out. So, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. Time out. I've called time out. No. This is this is time out. 
I'm calling timeout. The the the, the This is I'm not, not a political saying, podcast. <laughs> I'm not getting into the fucking politics of it. I'm I'm saying I'm saying that I yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. Vietnam sucked. World War II uh was was World far more justified. <laughs> it sucked too. But 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 it was it was justified. I am saying that that much like you could choose to do a movie in World War Two that focused on the Holocaust and was very down and negative and gritty and 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 focused on the horror of war. You could also do a movie like Monuments Men, which is much more light, still deals with those difficult topics, but has a much lighter concept. The only thing I can think of was Good Morning Vietnam was the was the only thing that I could think of that had a lighter tone. Yeah. But even that ends in a very like Well, um Operation Dumbo Drop. Is <laughs> <laughs> that movie on our list? <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, it should be. Operation Dumbo Drop. In fact, yeah, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, in answer to your question, Jeff, yes, in fact, there was a good heartwarming <laughs> Vietnam movie and it's called Operation Dumbo Drop. Where they decide to drop an elephant. Yes. They decide no, to drop. <laughs> I don't remember why. We gotta watch. We gotta do that one because I don't remember why. Why did they choose? I don't remember why. In that Vietnam, happened. but it's ju- yeah, it's Vietnam elephants. Ooh, Jesus, dropping, skydiving elephants. Oh Jesus! But, uh, but yeah, that was a heartwarming picture. That dump okay. Dumbo drop. So there's so yes, there's that one. But no, it's a good point. And I will say though, but in all honesty, I do think it is. It's a different. It, it, I think it's a very different situation because right. with World War Two, it you know, look. Well, first of all, we're talking about fucking war here. It all sucks. It all is awful. None yeah, I know, good. but like, and so, but I would argue it's heartwarming. You, you, but and I'm not saying you were trying to say that. I'm. I'm not. I know you're not trying to say that. But <laughs> when it comes to World War Two, I think when you're looking at movies, we got to turn these into narratives. And yeah. the fact is that the narrative of World War II had a happy ending, in quotes, which is to say right. that the good the good guys, in quotes, won, in quotes. Right. So in Vietnam, is a very different experience. It's just it's just a different I, situation. And, I get it. And I think there, but listen, I think there was the political turmoil about you know involved in that conflict was so intense. I don't I don't know that I've never seen a film made about Vietnam that that ever like you know I I don't there's no. that I don't know I never saw it but there is that movie We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson I think that's a Vietnam movie that I seem to remember being I, but I've never I think seen it so maybe that I think one's it's bad too I don't know I I think but um I I just I'm saying like for instance like and I and the reason why I say I disagree with the justified war because it's like the American Revolution is could could be very positive this the American Civil sure. War was a war to sure. it, to to free I don't the know anything pre World War Two so okay 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 <laughs> okay that's okay. where you lose so there's me. oh <laughs> pre yeah. That's, I lose you before the before there were pre, movies. Pre I don't. I don't. Century exactly. I, I. I. My. My history begins when <laughs> when movies existed, and anything before that is white noise. Okay, it just doesn't. Like, yes. Yes. Until Have Walt they, were Disney they making existed? Nope. There was no nobody. 
Were they making movies back then? No, I don't care about it. The, just move on. Exactly. Um, so it didn't happen. Uh, didn't happen. Okay. Were there? Were no, there, I just, are there pictures? Are there pictures? No, then it didn't happen. There's no pictures. There's, well, there's photos in the Amer- in the American Civil War, so that's you true, can see that's that. True. But there's. Well, yeah, uh, I'll go. But, I'll go that far, but I won't go any further. <laughs> go that far. Okay. All right. Point taken. Um, <laughs> no, I just was saying that. Like, I, I guess one of the things that I felt, and the reason why I brought up that question was just because. One of the things I felt watching this movie is that it is another Vietnam era kind of flick in in with with psychedelic kind of just dystopian just out of control crazy shit like apocalypse now kind of plato- like that type of vibe, right? And yeah. and just and that's a common theme that you see throughout Vietnam movies depicting what happened is this kind of chaos in in not the same way you see in other war films like the chaos of war and maybe it's just because it's a more modern war in which there's just more horrifying things i think there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of factors there's there's the psychic psychedelic aspect there's the drugs the fact that they were you know the soldiers were doing drugs you know that and it was we're coming out of the 60s so you have 60s hippie culture meeting you know you know the right. military industrial complex you have the music of the time which is like such a huge part of those movies like right. so it's it's like it's the combination of those things but also like again it's it's there was no clear reason why we were we we're fighting that war no i agree, I agree like and i think and that's but that's the thing is like i, I don't think it's it's really hard to spin a. I'm not trying to spin it. Uplifting I'm, tale. I, I'm not. I'm but saying it's, it's, I, I'm saying that's why that I don't I, think I, there I has you. been. But they a, don't a, do it about morning, even. Good morning, Vietnam Go is 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 a great movie and a very funny movie and certainly, you know, but ends, ta- ends takes a light approach. But yeah. still, to its credit, it still acknowledges the horrific yeah. aspect of it as well. But um, it's also a selective bit of thing too, because you know, like in World War Two. Like Germany was literally injecting all of their soldiers with meth during the Blitz in World War II. Like one of the reasons why they were able to like march through France and Belgium and take over Europe in like three days is because they were right. fucking methed out of their goddamn heads and just wow. freaking flying. They could go without food or wa- like water. They're moving. Yeah. Like yeah, they created this whole. <laughs> they figured out that this meth thing gave people like ridiculous energy and they just that's, went crazy. That's interesting. Like, yeah. So, but you don't wow. see that in movies. You don't see sure. that part well, of the movies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, I think because, I mean, yeah, that's not, I mean, I, I didn't know that. That's really fascinating. But like, I think it may not have been meth, it, but it was, it was a, it may not have been meth. It was, it, it was a drug. It was crack. That, that, yeah, yeah it could have been crack. It was, I think it was meth. <laughs> That they, but it, they were just. I've never been on meth, so I don't know what the. I can't. I can't confirm that the. I mean, that the a, results would right, be that. But <laughs> it's well. I think well, it's not my well, favorite. I think. I think <laughs> no, I prefer. I, listen, heroin. All I the prefer way. Uh, heroin. Kids, every day, ki- all day. Kids, kids. Heroin is awesome. Anyway. <laughs> What yes, happened? Kids. I don't know. How did we go? Where have we gone? What happened? Vietnam. This Her- happened. This listen, is what happens kids. when you talk about Vietnam War. It's just this kids. is what happens. You talk about drugs. Kids don't do drugs. Um anyway, Vietnam was <laughs> Don't I think, buy so I think, drugs. Don't Become buy a drugs, pop star and they give them to you them. free. 
Exactly. You gotta. You see. You gotta find your way in. That's that's how you get them. That's it. You, wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to pay those prices. You want to get them for don't free. Don't pay those. Um, Viet. Yeah. No. It's horrible. Uh, so Vietnam was. I think also there were so many things happening culturally. I think that's the thing. Is like you can't. Yeah. The culture was having such an influ- impact on the on the people who were fighting it, and the reaction back home was so different. I mean, how many people? Were there protesting World War Two when it was happening? You know, well, I mean, no, none. Well, but that was the other thing is that I think, I think you're on the on the right path there. I think that is that the you also had a significant number of people who were in the war who did not want to be in that war, yeah. and so like exactly. the draft and all of that. Whereas in World War Two, as you know, like there's yeah. so many people, our grandfather included, who lied about their age to yeah. join to enlist in the army. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like that, that is the type of um, that I think also contributes to the negative portrayal is that not only was there such atrocities happening, um, but I think also you probably have to do. We're totally off topic. We're talking about this this totally separate thing. Maybe we can edit this out and put it into the Good Morning Vietnam episode. Maybe maybe we'll see platoon Um, episode. But they they the other part of it is I think that that that. It was covered more closely, like the yeah by the media, yeah. But the media, but like back in the forties, there was like this rule, unspoken rule, that like certain things weren't reported about. You just reported these things only, and sure. like so how you know JFK could yeah. have an affair and it never gets out because it's there's this assume assumption you don't do these certain things. So I think that yeah. can play along with the people at home didn't want the war to happen. They had people over there that were dying. They didn't like that. Who, who would like right. that but the, yeah. then, but I, then th- I think uh, though I think I know maybe getting back to the movie that I think I know what what maybe what, what you were going with which is that this movie I mean this definitely was an era where these these kind of Vietnam movies were like a dime a dozen yes. they were making them all the time in yes. fact that's where Tropic Thunder that movie kind of came from yes this, era because Ben Stiller was him and all of his actor friends were auditioning for all these Vietnam movies and that's right. where that movie kind of came from. So yeah, no absolutely. This was the decade of there was Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, the fucking I think Hamburger Hill is another one. There's it's just like the list goes on and then this certainly even though this isn't strictly a Vietnam film, absolutely it has the feeling of, you know, one of those movies where and I think they did have this guy Dale Dye who in the industry is like he's a famous military advisor he actually fought in vietnam he's an actual soldier and in all basically any movie that is about war he was involved saving private ryan platoon everything and he actually gave the actors in jacob's ladder like a one week long boot camp you know so so that's the thing is all these actors were doing these boot camps and that's kind of where tropic thunder came from but so i think maybe that's kind of where you're seeing like like god this time is like there are all these movies with these actors playing yeah. it was just it, it all, they yes they all have a very similar kind of like they all feel like kind of of the the same period yeah for sure and they they all view it the same way there's right. just no other way to look at vietnam it's just like it yeah it, I, I, and, and i guess yeah. that's what i get that's i guess what i'm surprised like because like i i i i know there's a story it, it there that is not about the war itself but there is an individual story that could be very uplifting in that time period i would think i'm, I'm i feel like i'm sure there's something i'm for i'm it sure couldn't have is. all been uh, shit uh, but, uh, p- apart from operation dumbo drop i'm sure there is a <laughs> uplifting i feel like there's a movie about some 
people rescuing i don't know maybe i don't know but then they probably got massacred this is it's terrible this is and they were all on ladder. drugs so jacob's ladder um <laughs> so what did yeah, roger they, think <laughs> did roger review this movie he what did. did roger think he did he did and i think well, his, give it to me come on i want to hear what did roger think i i think i really liked his his thoughts and so i'm gonna read okay. them to you now <laughs> okay so Roger, um, out of four stars, gave Jacob's Ladder three and a half stars. And wow, he gave stars. this more than Jurassic Park. This is he, incredible. He I'm just like, it's, it's a great it's movie. Gonna be, it's a great we're movie. Be continuously blown away by that. I just don't think there's okay. no. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. We're just gonna have to. You all, we all lay <laughs> eggs one, every once in a day. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Anyway, okay. These were Jacob's thoughts. These were Jacob's thoughts on Roger's Ladder. Uh, <laughs> strike that. Reverse it. Okay. Uh, anyway, continuing. Um, this movie left me reeling with turmoil and confusion, with feelings of sadness and despair. Those are the notes it strives for. Jacob's Ladder enters into the hallucinations of a desperate mind and lives there. It evokes a paranoid schizophrenic state as effectively as any film I have ever seen. Despite an ending that is intended as victorious, the movie is a thoroughly painful and depressing experience. But it must be said, one that has been powerfully written, directed, and acted. I ordinarily am more than a little impatient with movies that deal with hallucinations, with dream states, and delusions, because I feel artificially manipulated. The filmmakers are jerking my chain, and often it's a lazy substitute for the bother of constructing an intelligent screenplay. Jacob's Ladder is so well made, however, that I didn't feel impatient this time, because I didn't have the opportunity. The movie lives right on the raw edge of insanity and carries us along with it. Most films tell stories. Jacob's Ladder undoubtedly contains a story, which can be extracted with a certain amount of thought. That isn't the point. What Jacob's Ladder really wants to do is evoke the feeling of a psychological state in the audience. We are intended to feel what the hero feels. This movie was not a pleasant experience, but it was exhilarating in the sense that I was able to observe filmmakers working at the edge of their abilities and inspirations. Not every movie has to be fun. Amen. I I just yes. he's pre just he's preaching to the he's preaching and he the gospel hit, to me. He hit the same thing we words. said, which is the feeling that 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 you as an audience are are right there feeling absolutely everything that he's feeling and that is the point to feel that like that is the yes. point and um hey fucking men yeah no hey i i got to give it so all right so uh ruling surprisingly surprisingly i am surprised that we got two two nuns two up two nuns up i got to say no nuns Jeff, I thought we'd see am, some nuns in this. I thought okay, we'd see real, some nuns in this. For real, I am really seriously starting to consider the the appropriateness of this rating scale uh, of calling of the nun thing because we are like, I mean, how many how many movies has it been since we had a nun? I mean, well, we had well, Pee Wee had nuns, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They'll come back. And I, and I'm not worried about it because I thought I thought surely in a movie dealing with like spirituality and like demons, and <laughs> yes. stuff, there would be a nun. No nuns. Not a single no one. nuns. All not this iconography, nun all this iconography, all this uh, this religious, religious and yes, and not a single fucking nun. But not a nun. Hey, what are you gonna do? You can't. Lunch. You can't. You can't. You can't always get what you want. Um, but you, but if you try, sometimes you can. You find you can get what you need. <laughs> Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> you had to. You had to. You had to say that. You had to finish it, didn't you? Yeah. 
All right. I, so, I, I totally to, butchered. I fucking butchered it, too. It's fine. Uh, if, and if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. There we go. That's what I, that's what I meant right. to say. Well, but I totally fucked you got it to up. Say, so. if you, well, you can edit it and say it correctly. It's late. It's late. My brain isn't working. Okay. okay. So I'm looking... So I'm looking at the list. So I've been trying to figure out because because we only have I guess we really only have two more selections because there's only four weeks in October, so there's only two more movies to pick. Um, but I but I realized there'll be more than one Halloween. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this isn't <laughs> yes. the last Halloween. Maybe it will be. Who fucking knows? But um, but I but I figure. Uh, so I'm trying to remind myself of that. So I thought. I don't know what our fourth choice will be, but for the next movie, I was thinking, I feel like it. this is very appropriate for the time that this podcast is and everything. My next choice, uh, I think, will be the 1996 slasher film classic Scream. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like, right? I feel yes. like that's okay, so th- totally so this movie, this podcast. Yes, so this movie, I have such an incredibly indelible memory of this movie because I was 13 when this came out, and I remember thir- it was this movie and American Pie. Those are the two movies, and I'm going to say the two movies why they stick in my brain because they were one of the first times that I went to the movies with, like, my high school friends or my middle school friends to go see okay. a movie and like ah. it being like an event. Like I was yeah. there and I met up with them and it was like this event thing where we were all going to see right. that movie and scream particularly. I remember when that came out and drew Barrymore kind of came out of nowhere again, uh, in oh, that yeah. movie. A big, big and movie for a lot of reasons. Yeah. 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 Just, just it, ugh, yeah. So I'm, yeah. Kind no, of, I'm totally in for that. It, it it's the movie that I think, honestly, I think ar- an argument could be made reinvigorated the horror uh, genre and like kind the of the slasher. More, well, yeah. Well, that yeah, sure. But like, yeah, absolutely, the slasher for sure. But like, I think the horror genre in general, because at that point, I think it had kind of been in a slump, and then Scream, man, that movie, it was a cultural juggernaut, and yeah. it really like. Then the teen slasher thing became really teen really slasher because I was going to say several years. Yes, because um, then it was but, I know what you did last all, summer yep. and, and a bunch of other films like and, or, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, no, I, so I, I, I felt like I felt like that was probably a good choice and not no. not too Scream. scary, not not too scary. Oh, I'm on it. Although no, I that mean, one. you got through Jacob's. Honestly, you got through Jacob's ladder, so I'm like, you know what? I think you can handle pretty much anything I throw at you. So I'm scream, like, scream, I'm good with. Screams, yeah. scream, I'm good with. It, it's it's uh, I, I, yeah, that uh, that one I'm good. All right, so scream. All right then. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, if you want to do Barbie, we can do Barbie because I watched Barbie <laughs> yesterday. Did you? So. Did you? I did. Oh, well, maybe we should. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we should save your thoughts and do a special Barbie episode. We should. We should probably do a, that too. A Barbisode. Um, a Barbisode. Bar- Barbie. Again. Barbie. Uh, Margot, Ro- Margot Robbie. I hope you're listening. Um, I love you. Yeah. Talk about. She just. <clears throat> anyway. The bet. One of the funniest parts about it is because obviously she's gorgeous, but but the part where she's crying and she's saying, "I'm not pretty." And then the oh oh, then the, the narrator comes in and says says note to the filmmakers Margot Robbie is not the best casting choice to make this point. <laughs> it's like listen, she is yes. she is. I, I'm I am not convinced she is an actual mortal. I I, I still yeah, she's, I, I need I need evidence. I don't believe that that she is a real 
person that exists that that can be that She's crazy. beautiful and that brilliant of an actress and anyway i'm gonna shut up because yeah. i'm making a fool of myself uh, she's yes, she's great. Barbie's great, and Margot Robbie's great, and Jacob's Ladder was great. Um, all those things are totally related too, which is great. Um, <laughs> Jacob's Ladder to Barbie. Listen, fo- land. folks, it, seriously, if you haven't seen Jacob's Ladder and you like a good psychological horror movie and you have the the <laughs> stomach for it, watch it because truly, it's it's a fucking masterpiece. I really mean that. It's it's an unbelievable film, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Um, and this was yeah, a good. This was, was good. A, this was a good. This was a good like meaty discussion. I feel like this we we got metaphysical. Yeah. We got philosophical with this one. I like it. We got a little deeper than we usually go with this. I felt like. Well, you have to. That's the only thing this movie is about. It's like true. this movie is totally deep. So. Um, that's true. All right, Matt. That's gonna. That's gonna end it. Yeah. That's gonna, gonna end it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, now, this is the time when we the end of the show happens. Um, oh, we have to do it Matt, at the same time. And did Matt, you already t- say your tagline? No, say your tagline, I, Matt. <laughs> my tagline. Yep. Take my tagline take em, is take them take them down. Good night take and sleep. Take them down and sleep tight and thank you and and all take that em, that good. Take them take them down. down the ladder, Jacob's ladder. I always try to tie it into the movie. I always feel, I don't know. I feel like I need to anyway. Thank you for listening and good night and good <laughs> luck and fucking fucking good luck for real like good luck to everybody out there i don't even good i don't know luck. what else to say but i don't know what else to say but good luck to you <laughs> all right 